Coming up on today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, it is the one year anniversary of the show. So we got a lot of great content, a lot of great announcements to make. We're going into the Dolphins, Niners, and Eagles trade, the blockbuster, shaking up the NFL draft. We're going to the buyout. The Nets and Lakers keep getting richer. And that 17 game in the NFL, it's coming. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. It is the one-year anniversary! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Who would have thought it would be one year already? It seems time is just flying by, and I appreciate all the support and love that everybody listening to the show and sharing it with their friends and family. It's a blessing. I've always loved doing this, and I'm glad I went out and decided, hey, I'm going to create my own show create my own podcast, my own content, and put it out there for the people to listen to. So I appreciate everybody that has listened. You know, again, it's just been an incredible journey. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a very, uh, it's very, very blessed. So um, the merchandise store going out for free shipping. So if you're interested in some merch, it's a great way to support the show. Give everybody free shipping on anything. No minimum required. It's celebrate one is the promo code that you enter during checkout and you will get free shipping on every single merchandise. There's no minimum required. You can just purchase a shirt and free shipping. So it's one of the ways to give back and uh, appreciate you guys. And we're going to give some more. A lot of stuff coming. We'll give you, if you subscribe to the website at feeltheheatent.com, it's Feel the Heat Entertainment. It's another little thing I've created because of the the goal is to create more shows and put more out there on YouTube and just keep going as like an entertainment. So sports entertainment is the really the goal. And so we're going to put it out there at feeltheheatent.com. If you subscribe, digital magazine coming. Hear this a few days away in start of April. So you'll get that. You also get you know, free from promo codes and discounts and also like be entering in giveaways that's coming soon, too, so be on the lookout for all that. Again, thank you all for the love. So let's dive into the first topic. It happened Friday, the blockbuster trade. The Dolphins actually made two, and Niners and Eagles were involved, so let's dive into it. Let's break down the Niners and Dolphins side of it first, because it gets a little complicated. The Dolphins and Niners made a trade, and then the Dolphins, literally like minutes later, made another one with the Eagles. Let's break down the Niners. They get the number three overall pick from the Dolphins. The Dolphins get the number 12 overall pick, a first and third in 2022, and then a 2023 first-round pick. So they ended up getting multiple first-round picks from the Niners for them to move up to the number three spot. And then the Dolphins flipped it again with the Eagles. And they Dolphins traded for the Eagles, and the Eagles got the number 12 overall pick, the number 123 overall pick, and the 2022 first-round pick from the Dolphins. Now, that 2022 first-round pick is the actual Miami pick. So Miami keeps that San Francisco 2022 pick. And then the Dolphins got the number six overall pick, so they jumped up six spots 
the number in the number 156 overall pick. So the Dolphins made a trade, they moved back, they moved back up, and to create future draft picks down the road. And they've been collecting draft picks ever since from the Brian Flores has been the head coach there and been working with the GM Chris Greer. So now we'll see how all this folds out and works. They basically turned that Larry Tunsil trade with the Houston Texans into 100 picks, it seems like. They made out. They made out with their future to 2023. They'll have two first-round picks now in 2023, just the one in 2022. But now, in 2021, they're still going to have both first-round picks, two second-round picks, and they just, they got a lot of draft capital because this is the message that Miami is sending. Hey, Tua's our guy. We've said it. We're going with it. A lot of this talk with the Deshaun Watson trade may be happening in Miami with everything going on with him. That's out of the question. Miami's like, hey, you got Tua number five last year. We're going to build it around him. We're getting, and if it doesn't work out for some reason in 2023, we got two first round picks we can maneuver to make it happen then. But right now, we're building around Tua. It got a little scary there because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I'm not a big fan of Tua. But hey, give, we want to give the kid a chance. Let's see how it all works out. And going to number 12, it was like, whoa, we need playmakers for him. If Tua's the guy, you got to get him playmakers because the wide receiver group wasn't the greatest. The running game wasn't the greatest. The offensive line is starting to see its strides. They drafted three offensive linemen in last year's draft, including one in the left tackle there in Austin Jackson in the first round last year. And also with them jumping back into the getting the sixth overall pick from the Eagles, it means that they can get their playmaker. They wouldn't be able to get one of the top playmaking wide receivers in the draft at number 12. Me, I think Jamar Chase from LSU and Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, they are can't miss prospects. To me, they can't they can't miss. And one of those is going to be there at six, we think. Demonte Smith, the other Alabama wide receiver. If they jump back up to six and he's there, I can see them taking him as well because of the connection with Tua being from Alabama. They get him one of the guys he used to throw the ball to, right? That would make sense. Devontae Smith is a little small. May get a little banged up in the league. That is a little worrisome. But I wouldn't be mad at it. Because you're trying to help develop your young quarterback who came off a gruesome hip injury last year and didn't seem to really find his stride in his rookie season. Because he struggled. He was benched twice. You may look at the record. Hey, you won six games. Six and three. But it really wasn't him. That defense was playing spectacular during a big stretch of last year. And Tua, ugh, you just didn't see that huge playmaking ability you saw in his first couple years in Alabama before the injury. Some people may feel a little different because if you had Justin Herbert in his arm and you were looking at Jamar Chase, was, oh my goodness. And that, keeping Devontae Parker is still there. Preston Williams is a... Good young talent, he, but he's been injured the last couple of years. When he's on the field, he looks exceptional. He really does. He's a young guy they got from undrafted a couple of years ago who stepped in their wide receiver corpse, and, but he got hurt again. 
Kyle Pitts, the other option. If you pair Kyle Pitts with Mike Kosicki, the two tight ends, maybe Brian Forrest is trying to think a little bit about Bill Belichick at that spot now, too. Remember the two tight end sets in New England? Brian Forrest is there for all that. And Bill Belichick's playing. Maybe Brian Forrest is thinking that, too. Pairing him with Mike Kosicki? My goodness. Preston Williams coming back. Devontae Parker coming back. Everything kind of seems to fit in the direction to help the kid out. Use a lot of play action passes and two tight end sets. There's nobody that could be able to guard that tandem. Kyle Pitts and Mike Kosicki, there's defenses would not be able to guard that tandem. Jamar Chase to me is a can't miss. He's bigger too. And remember Justin Jefferson last year with Minnesota as a rookie. He was the second greatest LSU receiver on that team with Joe Burrow. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Jamar Chase was number one. He had better numbers. He had Devontae Smith type numbers. He had Heisman type numbers. And look what Justin Jefferson did last year with, as a rookie with Minnesota. That's how elite Jamar Chase is. Could he reunite with Joe Burrow as Cincy with a number five pick is the question. Are all these quarterbacks going to be drafted number one through four? So let's get into that part. The Niners went to number three overall. Got to be for a quarterback. A lot of talk was Mac Jones from the quarterback from Alabama is the guy they're targeting. But to move up from 12 to 3, give up three first-round picks to move up to number three, it seems a lot to give up for that type of quarterback, right? Trevor Lawrence is going number one to Jacksonville. The BYU kid going number two to the Jets. That is pretty much a given with these top two picks. So what's the pick at number three? Number one, Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, number two. Number three, Mac Jones. I still have a hard time believing that. Jets are going to get rid of Sam Darnold. That's the talk been going around. It may happen on draft day where they trade Sam Darnold. It may actually wait that long and figure out what they do at number two. If not, number two, give him a weapon and Jamar Chase and whatnot, but they seem to be sold with the BYU kid. So number three, who's Mike Shannon? Oh, Kyle Shannon. I almost said his dad there. His dad's Mike. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, the offensive guru, you know, does his thing in San Francisco, did his thing with Atlanta with Matt Ryan, the Julio Jones combo, put him to the Super Bowl, made Matt Ryan an MVP. Can he do it again? Do they, Jimmy G is the guy. They've come out and said Jimmy G will still be the guy this year. His contract's up. He's never finished a full NFL season. When he first got there in the trade, they gave up a second-round pick. He was lights out. I think he started, what, 6-0 or something? At the end of the year, they put him in. He looked like there's Tom Brady out west. Then injuries, Super Bowl wasn't a great performance by him. They're going to move on from Jimmy G. Who's the quarterback? I think that personally, it's going to be Trey Lance, North Dakota State kid. I think that's Kyle Shanahan's guy. Big, great arm. You know, this, it's just seems like if they're going to keep Jimmy G, that's a great kid to pick. And I'm not, it's kind of scary about him. North Dakota State, not the best of competition, but it's great for him to come in, sit a year like a Pat Mahomes did under Andy Reid in Kansas City, and Alex Smith was the quarterback. Same situation here. 
he would have to sit a year instead of throwing him out there. And I think that's the perfect guy. 2019 redshirt freshman. He was 192 of 287, 66.9% completion percentage. He threw for 2,786 yards, 28 TDs, and no picks. 1,100 rushing yards and 14 TDs. This guy was a Walter Payton Jerry Rice Award winner. He was the most outstanding player of that season. And then this last year, he only played one exhibition game, 15 of 30. 149 yards, two TDs, and he threw his first ever interception. So it's a little scary. The window of him starting at an elite level in college isn't really there, aside from his redshirt freshman year. He's 20 years old. The guy has all the potential in the world. So it would be a little risky going all the way up to number three and potentially taking this guy. It really is a huge risk. But the upside is there. Could it be Justin Fields from Ohio State. That's another option. Mac Jones. I haven't really heard much Justin Fields going to San Francisco with this trade. It's always been Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Me personally, I think it's Trey Lance. I just think that's the type of guy Kyle Shanahan would want. Him and John Lynch would be on the same page with it. They move up to number three overall. And they say they're going to keep Jimmy G. It just makes sense to draft a kid like that. Let him learn your system. And then go for it. Because this is a Super Bowl contending team. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. The run game's still been there. I like Debo Samuel, the wide receiver. Like, they need to add another weapon for wide receiver, I believe. George Kittle is a monster in himself there at tight end. You get everybody on defense back. You get Bosa back. You get them all back. You were dealt with a lot of injuries last year. And it's a very tough division. Rams adding Matthew Stafford. Of course, you know they got that defense and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Russell Wilson, he may be in and out. He's staying in Seattle. Seattle is always a tough bet. Arizona's improving. They went out and got all those classy veterans. They added J.J. Watt, A.J. Green. Yeah, they're not, you know, the top in their position in the NFL anymore, but still caliber players. DeAndre Hopkins, they're getting weapons for Kyler Murray. They're getting that defense together. They added a couple, like I said, a couple savvy veterans. Bringing the people back. Arizona looks like they want to make a move. So we're going to see how it all unfolds coming up to draft day. I can't wait for this. It's like the NFL has been the longest offseason ever. But that's San Francisco, man. I, I say Trey Lance. I think that's the perfect you know, guy to go there and be a mentor with Kyle, Kyle Shanahan as a mentor. That is a perfect situation for the kid. We'll see if it all works out. Hey, Carson Wentz came out of that same college, so uh, it's not a very good comparison now, but maybe Carson Wentz is going to rejuvenate his career in Indy. Pairing with back with Frank Rack, so I don't want... We shouldn't think about that. I really think the guy has an arm, man. Guy has an arm, and that's the perfect spot for him. So now let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Word is they want to trade up and get Zach Wilson, the BYU QB. They can't do it. They tried to trade up to the number three pick for the San Francisco, beat him to it to potentially get a quarterback. So they said, screw it. We're going to move down. They moved down to the 12th overall pick, pick up an extra first round pick next year for a total re, you know, they pick up the number 123 overall pick. Also, they move up to, to that spot from the Dolphins. So the Eagles standpoint, new head coach, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts is your quarterback right now. 
and drop it to the number 12 overall pick, you probably won't get a top offensive weapon. This The team needs help in all areas. It's not just offense. They need a wide receivers. They need help on defense. They need cornerback. Need linebackers. They need to reshape that defensive front. Like this team needs help in all areas. Really does. So it's best to get talent in the extra years for future years, you know? So it makes sense for the move down, but you potentially lost out on like a Jamar Chase, who I think is a Camus prospect. But Jalen Hurst is your quarterback. That's the one you got to live with. And it looks like the Eagles in this division not looking too good. They look like the worst team in the division. I think they will be the worst team in the division with the improvements the Cowboys, Giants, and the Washington football team have made so far this offseason before the draft. Like, Philly is in trouble. I think they're in trouble with the head coaching hire. He didn't know what the hell he was talking about during the press conference. Maybe he settled down a little bit. And he's going to get used to speaking in front of the cameras and whatnot. Because it's going to be rough in Philly. Philly fans are in for it. It's going to be a rough, rough year for you coming up. But it's in total rebuild mode. So it was great for them to trade down. Who won the trade? Let's get into that now. Who actually made out on this trade? Was it the Niners? Is it the Dolphins? Or is it the Eagles? What do you guys think? Who won this trade? It all comes down to it. I believe the Dolphins won it because they jumped back up. I like the trade with the Niners because you end up getting all those picks, right? Now, the flip side, Eagles, I think, this lost out on it because they're in total rebuild mode. But they won, I think the Eagles won the Dolphins trade part of it. Essentially. Dolphins won the Niners part. Eagles won the Dolphins part. Everybody kind of wins, wins, and loses. We'll see if the Niners pick in like a Trey Lance and he becomes his great quarterback for 10 plus years or whatever, then they're going to win the trade. You can't really judge the trade, I guess right now, but if I had to pick one, I would just say overall and everything that came about, I would say the dolphins won it, but the years going forward would be able to tell better because like I said, the Niners, whoever they pick at that number three overall pick, if it's a bust and they really lost out, whoever that is, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Jamar Chase, like you know, whoever they want. Whoever they pick at that position and it fails to have an NFL career, then they lost big time, giving up all those assets and their window closed really, really quick on the Super Bowl caliber team that they already have. The Dolphins, on the other hand, they protected their future and they protected their win now kind of mode. To go in with Tua. So that's my thoughts on the whole NFL trade blockbuster. I hope we see more. I think we are going to see more. A lot of big names I could feel coming along with it. So let's jump into the NBA now. What is going on in the NBA? We have a lot of trade deadline acquisitions. But the buyout players is what's the topic here. Because the Brooklyn Nets and the LA Lakers just keep getting richer. The talent pool... And what they have from their teams compared to everyone else that keeps growing and separating itself. All right? It's crazy. Everybody's going to Brooklyn or L.A. Which makes sense. Two huge markets, right? New York, L.A., big markets. They don't want to go to the little markets like a Milwaukee, a Phoenix, or anything like that, right? 
So the latest moves are now LaMarcus Aldridge got bought out by the San Antonio Spurs. He joins the Brooklyn Nets. Blake Griffin already got bought out by Detroit. He joined the Nets. So what do you think about these moves? The Brooklyn Nets. Can you imagine if this was the actual squad, say, like, even like five, six years ago? Like, in their primes? Some KD, James Harden, Kyrie, they're all still, like, in their primes. I say James Harden, definitely. KD, definitely. They're all still in their primes, right? LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin are at the end of their careers. LaMarcus Aldridge is 35 now. So he's not in those Portland Blazer years, you know, the San Antonio early part years. You're like, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine if this was like 2014, 2015? And you stared, looked at the starting lineup for the Brooklyn Nets, and you saw Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge. You would look down and be like, there's no freaking shot. There's no shot. This is like the dream team. That's what you would think when you look down at that roster. Like, it's crazy to think now. Like I said, they're at the end of their careers. They're minimum help now. It's great bench depth, right? The Marcus Aldridge this year, he's only averaging 13.7, 4.5 rebounds. You know, 13.7 points per game. Like, he's not how what he used to be. But he's going to be very serviceable. Blake Griffin was the same way. He made his first dunk. We were like, wow, Blake Griffin made his first dunk in two years with the Brooklyn Nets. Like, this is crazy. We're used to seeing Blake Griffin dunk like five, six times at least in the game when he was with the Clippers. So we know he doesn't have the ups like he used to. He can still get up. You know, these two guys are going to provide exceptional depth. 20 minutes a game, come in, help out, get the boards cleaned up while James Harden, Kyrie, and KD do the work. And they're going to get a lot of easy buckets down low. Because who are you going to guard? If you choose to double James Harden, he'll just drop it off to KD. If you try to double KD, he's going to drop it off to Kyrie. Kyrie's going to take it one-on-one to the hoop and score. <laughs> James Harden, you want you don't want to guard him? You want to guard him one-on-one? Okay, he dropped 40 points on you. Triple-double waiting to happen. 40-plus points waiting to happen by any of those guys. Any of the big three. So Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge are going to get easy buckets down low. Clean up the boards, get easy buckets down low. Because you can't guard everybody. Joe Harris is a great player too. You got Jeff You got Jeff Green, decent player too. DeAndre Jordan, decent guy, clean up the boards too. Give you those 15, 20 minutes solid too. Claxton's been a great young guy there they have. Like, it's just, it's just not fair. It's not fair what Brooklyn has done. This year to the NBA and to the whole Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference try to make moves. You look at Boston Celtics, they added Evan Fournier. It's like that's their big move. Great service of guy, service serviceable guy. Not trying to dog him or nothing. But I'm just saying it's not like you're adding a big piece like a James Harden. The Miami Heat added Victor Oladipo. They're like, oh, we gotta get somebody that is pair of Jimmy Butler defense. Have somebody who create their own shot. We got the sharp shoes and Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn's playing well again. Goran Dragic's going to be coming back from injury. You look at Miami Heat like they were trying to add Lamarcus Aldridge to help Bam down low, right? Nope. So sorry, Miami. You're not Pat Riley couldn't work his magic on this one because these guys at the end of their career they want a ring. That's why Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin to- chose the Brooklyn Nets, and it's going to happen. The showdown is going to happen between Brooklyn and the L.A. Lakers if everybody stays healthy, that is. 
If LeBron James and AD are healthy, oh my goodness. Because guess what? We're getting into that right now. They added Andre Drummond. Center from the Cleveland Cavs, who they just sat in the bench and said, hey, Jared Allen's going to be the guy we want to sit you. We want the young guy to get reps, you know, playing, playing time. And can we just put some respect on this man's name? Andre Drummond signs with the L.A. Lakers. This is huge. This is why I say it's huge. He's a double-double waiting to happen. Every single game will be a double-double by Andre Drummond. And with AD out, like he is, if he even comes back semi-healthy, 80%, 85%, like not quite 100, Andre Drummond is the perfect pick. He will fit so well when LeBron James comes back too. Montrell's Harrell is playing pretty damn well. He's getting, like, seems like he's getting 20, around 20 points, 12, 13 boards a game but since everybody's been out. Because the Lakers need another score. Dennis Schroeder is the third best guy on the team who can get his shot and score, right? Adding Andre Drummond. Gosh, I can't imagine. Like, you got trees. They already had trees down in the paint. You are not going to score on the interior at all against the L.A. Lakers. Come playoff time is, you're not getting it. You better have your perimeter game on point. You better be a perimeter team. Utah Jazz can shoot from the perimeter, but you better be making your shots. If you ain't making your shots, you're not going to be beating the L.A. Lakers. Because Andre Drummond can get you 20-20. He has the most 20-point, 20-rebound game since he's entered in the league. More than anybody, right? He gets points. He is going to be getting around 20 points, 20 rebounds for this team. Mark it. AD comes back. If you have him and AD on the floor at the same time with LeBron, you're going, how are you going to shoot over all these guys? The trees, man. That's what hurt player uh, playoff teams last year. Like you got Utah Jazz. You got Rudy Gobert. We need somebody else tall like that and can box him out. Get the rebounds. Denver Nuggets and the Joker. Jokic. Box him out. Keep him off of the boards. Now you got bodies and bodies to throw at him. Going to have AD, Andre Drummond, Montrez Harrell. You got bodies to throw at these big guys in the West. And if they aren't hitting their shots, over. We're going to see a championship game. Now, hopefully everybody's healthy. Because this is what it's going to be. Championship game is going to be L.A. Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. And by the L.A. Lakers getting Andre Drummond, Aaron Gordon went to the Denver Nuggets to try to help out those trees with the Joker. You know, we saw some moves by other teams, but this doesn't match this. doesn't match this at all. Because unless another team has to get extremely hot, Dame time is going to have to be times 10 for Portland to even have a chance. Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray's going to play. Had to play lights out for the Nuggets with the Joker. Donovan Mitchell's going to have to score 40 points. He's going to get help for the Utah Jazz. Like Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul ain't going to make all that magic happen when he faces the trees. Great story in the Phoenix. But it's going to come to the end if they face the Lakers. Andre Drummond, AD, LeBron James. Look out for that. Everybody's healthy. We're seeing it. L.A., Brooklyn. 
All right, now let's get into this last topic of the day. The NFL schedule is going to happen. We're going to get 17 games. The NFL owners are set to vote on the proposal. It's pretty much seems like it's a done deal. They already figured out all the ramifications for it. The scheduling that will happen this year. It's going to start this year. Some players have already spoken out. Like Alvin Kamara spoke out about it. Said negative things about it. This is just dumb. Why we got to play 17 games? It's great from a fan's perspective. Another week of football? Oh, yeah, we're all for it. Players? Eh, they may not be all for it, but as part of the collective bargaining that they signed last year, it was a big sticking point when a lot of players voted against it. They're like, don't vote for it. Don't do it. But, man, you did. Now you got to do it because it's going to happen. I can't see any of it backing out. I can't see the owners not approving it at all. More revenue, more money. It's all about the dollar. Hey, we want to make more money for you to make more money. Salary cap will go up, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that sucks is that the minimum players, the guys at the bottom of the roster, it ain't going to affect them. Salary cap go up. Quarterbacks going to be making $50 million a year. They're going to be taking up all the salary cap. You're thinking that Prescott's deal was big? Pat Mahomes' deal was big? Whoa, just wait. Just wait till we got the TV deals coming in 2023. You got all this crazy stuff. Amazon Prime is going to be exclusive, I think, I believe on Thursday nights. Just everything. The NFL says money, 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 money. But with more money, more problems. That's what's going to happen. Players, you're going to have to deal with it. The injuries, maybe. One thing I wish they did, like, it's an odd number. Why not have it 18? If it's going to be 16, move it to 18. It'll be the first. They have 14 games up to 1978. They haven't changed, and that's when they moved it to 16. So they haven't changed it in 40-plus years, right? Like 40, Yeah, over 40 years. And we're going to make it an odd number? Where one team gets an extra home game, the other team gets an extra road game, and it's going to flip between the conferences, like AFC gets an extra home game one year, then the next year, and the NFC gets it. I just think the odd number is what's throwing me off a little bit. I'm against having an odd number. Nobody's going to be 500. Can't, you're going to have a winning or a losing record. <laughs> Super Bowl is going to get passed uh, a week later. Super Bowl is going to happen a week later. One thing I wish was else was in this proposal is an extra bye week and teams aren't getting that. That's what I wish, like give everybody an extra bye week and have it 18 games, which potentially, I guess that may happen in the future. I can see that. But 17 games, this just seems odd because it's an odd number. <laughs> and that's what's throwing everybody off a little bit. A lot of teams aren't against it, but if you're a football fan, you're all for an extra, you know, week of football. Oh Yeah. You're a football fanatic. You're you're all for this. Players have, you know, are against it because of injuries and the ramifications of it. And it's the wear and tear of your batteries. Maybe their careers are getting shorter. But NFL doesn't care about that. They care about money. I'm for expanding games. Not 17, though. I'd rather have it 18 games and two bye weeks. Or teams. 
I think that's what should be happen. Hope maybe that could happen in the future. I'm against the 17 game schedule with this one bye. Cuz we already get in the playoffs, only one team gets a bye in the playoffs, the top seed now. If it was back to maybe a couple of teams in East Conference get the bye in the playoffs, that's another story. I could be for it. But I'm against the 17 game. I want 18 in two bye weeks. I think that's fair. Extra week for the players to heal their bodies, get treatment and whatnot. The preseason is going from four to three games with this 17-game proposal. So we're eliminating that preseason game. We're probably going to limit certain things like mini camps and whatnot, mandatory camps that happen during the year. Like, there's there's ways around that. But one thing, that, and as an NFL season, you can't do you can't have like load management like the NBA. That's one thing I've been hearing. Load management. You can't have it in the NFL. That one game is going to potentially, you know, happen whether you win the division or not, whether you get a wild card spot, whether you get a bye in the playoffs. One game in the NFL means so damn much. It's not like an NBA season. We get 82 games and you can load manage your players throughout the year. Baseball, 160 plus games. You, you can load management your players throughout the year because there's so many games. In the NFL, that one game could cost you the playoffs. That one the game could cost you a job. That one game can just take it all away from you if you lose. That one extra game could have a serious injury impact too. There's all kinds of different ways you can look at it. But my 4-17 game, no. My 4-18 game, yes. But at a bye week. I think that would make the players a lot happier. If there was an extra bye week in this 17 game, I think it would be a, a lot more understandable. But it's not happening in the 17 game uh, season. Oh, man. We'll see what happens. We know it's going to be voted on Tuesday and Wednesday. Episode, we're going to air on Wednesday. We're going to talk about it because we know it's going to get approved. But that is my take on the new NFL 17-game season. And that's going to do it for today's episode, man. Thank you for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian, the one-year anniversary. Whew. Can't believe it's been one year still. <laughs> Be sure to check out the website at feeltheheatent.com. Remember, the promo code celebrate one. For free shipping on all the merchandise in the store. So check it out. Check out the sports articles. Check us out on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. At Feel the Heat ENT. And remember, we're available on all streaming platforms. Right on the website you can listen to. Apple, Spotify, Amazon. You name it. Etc. Pandora, iHeartRadio. Every single streaming platform. We are on, so be sure to subscribe and get the notifications for it. Thanks again, everybody. It's been a great journey. One year anniversary. Many, many more episodes to come. We are not quitting. Thank you all for the support in the community and across the world. Thank you for joining me. Catch you all Wednesday. Peace.